Welcome to King of Glory Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this week's encouraging message. For more information, please visit kingofglorycc.com. How are you guys doing? We're going we're gonna to end church a little bit later than normal, but that's okay. That's for Jesus. So what I want you guys to do is just stand up. And um, I want you to put both hands in the air. And just wave them like you just don't care. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. We're going to start praying. Um, so, Jesus, I just thank you so much for this time. I thank you for this day that we're together. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you can just you can open everyone's ears here today, Father. Just soften their heart. Let, let your words be spoken to your children today, Father. I pray, Lord, that everyone is, being, is willing to be taught. They're willing to receive your word, Father. They're willing to, to, to hear every single word that you have for them today. So I bless this time, Lord, and I just pray for more of your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, cool. Well, something I didn't get to do last time um, is just, um, first of all, thank you, Jeremy. And second of all, um, I just, I admire Sam so much. Um, And I never told Sam this story, but when I first started going here, I forgot who told me this, but someone told me about him before I really got to know him. And they were saying that he's just the most loving and caring person you could ever meet. And I heard this story, and I've seen this happen myself too, where when you're in a conversation with him and he's talking to you, if a little child comes up, he's not going to ignore the child, but he's going to talk to that little child because everyone deserves that equal love. And that's what Sam brings and. That's just so powerful and so amazing. Um, so thank you, Pastor Sam. Thank you so much. And Jeremy, thank you so much. Um, yeah, actually, this whole week, the Lord has just really been putting a lot of stuff in my heart. And the, the main thing is about hunger. And I was t- telling Jeremy um, yesterday, I was like, look, I'm sorry um, that I haven't really been working this week. I, I wasn't able to make it to work. I really... I'm, hardly been working honestly and just spiritually something crazy has been going on in my life to where I really feel almost like my spirit can't stop spending time with Jesus I told Jeremy there there there's not a single thought this week where I haven't been thinking about him it hasn't he his his name his presence who he is hasn't gone through my mind I don't know what's what God's doing I don't know yet I know he's changed me. I know he's transforming me. But it's like this whole week, I just, I've skipped work. I've, I've chosen not to work just to spend time with him, just to worship him, just to meditate on his word because he's doing something powerful. And I want to be aware to it. I want to be sensible to the Holy Spirit. I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. There's a story. Um, there's a story I want to share just 
it's one of the guys um, in South Africa with one of the teachers with Iris. And he's talking about hunger. And he said that if there's one thing he always prays for all the time is hunger. If there's one thing he always wants, it's hunger. A lot of us, we say we want the fire of God. We want to be on fire for him. We want to be hungry for him. But how do we do that? How do we be hungry for God? How do we get more of him? Jeremy was singing earlier today, we want more, we want more, we want more. What I was taught and what's so true is a lot of times when you want more of God, you got to step into more of God because he's already here. His presence is everywhere. There's not a single place that you go that he is not. He's everywhere. He's omnipresent. If you want more of God, you got to step into more of God. You got to go into his presence. You got to press into his heart. I'm going to be reading mostly out of Matthew 25 today. And it's just, man, the Lord, he's so good. He's so just precious. He's so deserving of our love. You know, he, he, we, we should always be at the feet of Jesus. We should always be running to him. The Holy Spirit was telling me this morning, there's some people in here that are on the verge of spiritual death. And it's a choice. Will Hart, he told me in South Africa, he said that, you know, you have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, you have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Hunger is not a gift. Hunger is not a fruit that you just get. Hunger is a choice. You have the choice to choose whether you're going to pick up your Bible and read it. You have the choice to choose whether you're going to worship God. You have the choice to choose if you're going to get on your knees and worship him with everything you have. You have the choice if you're going to be radical for Jesus or not. You want more hunger. You want fire of God. You need to choose that. You need to go towards it. It's a choice that all of us make. It's a choice that all of us have. One, one time, um, David, was, David Hogan, he was preaching at this conference, um, and he was saying he was in this church, and there was this guy towards the, towards the front row. And as he was preaching, all of a sudden, this guy just got up and started running around the room and screaming. And David Hogan, he, he told the guys, catch him, because he was running, because that's just who he is. That's how David Ogden is. And he asked him, why did you get up and start running around the room? And it's simply because this guy, he saw an angel. And he heard the Lord say, if you want me to touch you, if you want radical change, then you need to get up and run around this room and strip away every pride that you have. It starts with a choice. If it takes you standing up and running around the room and screaming, then that is what you need to do. If it takes getting on your knees and screaming for more of Jesus, then that's what you need to do. A lot of you guys, you keep showing up week in and week out because you want this. You want more of him. You want more of Jesus. You want to feel him more. You want to experience him more. You want more of him to be in your life. You want him to show. If you're going to show up every week, then you need to be present for what God has for you. 
You need to run to Jesus. You need to go to his feet. If you look through the Bible and the stories, so many stories. The man who was possessed by so many demons and Jesus cast those demons out to a herd of pigs. That man was hungry for Jesus. At the moment that Jesus cast the demons out of him. Jesus did not tell him to go and preach, preach the gospel into his hometown until he started walking away. He got on the boat. That's when the man ran, ran towards Jesus. And he said, take me with you. And then Jesus turned and said, no, go and tell everybody what just happened to you today. It was in that moment when he was running towards Jesus, when he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, take me with you. I want to go. Jacob in Genesis, he was wrestling with an angel. And he told the angel, after he won this wrestle, he said, I will not let you leave until you bless me. You need to bless me right now. I'm not leaving until you bless me. What's it going to take for us to be in a place with Jesus where we're saying, I'm not going to leave this place until you bless me. I'm not going to leave the floor until you bless me. I'm not, if you want to be radical for Jesus, people say, I don't need to because there's Todd White, there's Heidi Baker, there's Reinhard Bonnke who passed away. There's all these people. They're already doing it. What, what do I have to offer? It started with them being hungry for Jesus. Will Hart is really good friends with Todd White. And Will Hart was saying that with Todd White, he was just a kid that came to this prayer meeting every week on this street corner. When he barely had, he knew him when he barely had dreads and he just kept, kept showing up because he wanted more and more and more and more. And now because of Todd White's hunger, now if you go places, you see guys walking around in toe shoes with long dreads because <laughs> they want to be like Todd. <laughs> it starts with a place of hunger. A lot of people, they want the anointing of Heidi Baker and Roland, but a lot of people don't know. And Roland said this, you know what they had to do to get to where they are. They spent decades in suffering, decades in hardship. And now they're, they're preaching the gospel to millions of people a year in every part of the world. They had to suffer to get to where they are. They had to sacrifice every single part of who they are to get to where Jesus is, to get to that place. They're still going. They're not exactly where he is yet. It's, it's still a journey. It's not over until they're in heaven. But there's a place, there's a journey that you have to travel. If you want to be close to his heart, you got to be willing to go through the trial. You got to be willing to take that path. You got to be willing to be in a place to where I don't care how much this is going to cost me. I'm going to go. There's this guy that I met who's one of, a missionary with Iris Global. And um, I can't say what his name is or anything, but he... He was telling us a story of when he chose to be a missionary, when he had that calling. And he, he's from America. And him and his wife, they were like, we're going to go. We're going to sell everything to go live on the mission field, to go give up everything we have. And that he was raised in a Christian church. He was raised in a Christian family. But on the day, on the week when he was supposed to leave, and they were moving for good. His parents, you know, they were depressed. They were upset. They, he didn't get the reaction that he thought he was going to get. Oh, 
my parents, they raised me in the church. My parents, they, they supported me. But all of a sudden, when I want to do this sacrifice, when I want to go somewhere that's going to cost everything and where I could die, that's when things get rough. And they're like, you want to be radical for Jesus? No. <laughs> all their life, they're being raised in the church. But the minute they choose to be radical for Jesus and not like everyone else around them, that's when their parents get wild and crazy. And he said on the week that he was to leave, he was in his house and he was in his kitchen. And his mom has been depressed for weeks and weeks. And she, this is a grown man, she literally bit him over and beat him. She beat him. Because she couldn't put up with the fact of what he's doing, what they're doing. She couldn't let them leave because she wanted him there. She wanted him all to herself. There's a sacrifice that you got to make, whatever God's calling you to. If it's to be a missionary, then that's some, sometimes that's what it costs. You honor your parents, but if, if obeying them means going against the word of God, then you need to go with the word of God. If obeying them means losing your family, losing your friends, losing everything you have, and that's what you go with. How much of him do you want? How much of him do you want to be in your life? The fruit of the Spirit is worth way more than the gifts. Way more. Because you can see a pastor who's healing, praying for people, and hundreds of people are getting healed. But that same pastor is having an affair because that pastor doesn't have fruit in his life. What are you going after? Are you going after gifts? Are you going after the fruit of the Holy Spirit? Because that's what I want. I want the fruit. The fruit is what transforms people, is what changes people. The fruit is where you're not, you're, you're, you're the same person here in church that you are everywhere else. You're transformed. You have patience. You have love. You have joy. You have peace. In Matthew 25, it talks about the parable of the ten bridesmaids. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten's bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil, because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourself. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, Believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know the day or hour of my return. Is your oil, is your lamp filled with oil, or is it half empty? What are you doing to prepare it? You want hunger? Then you, Joshua 1.8, meditate on the word of the Lord day and night, all the time. You need to meditate on it. 
You want to be radical? Then you got to be different. You got to be different from everyone else around you. You got to be saying, I don't care if I lose everything I have. I know if I'm different and if I, if I risk it all, I'm going to have him. Are you openly expressing your faith? Are you, are you going the distance to tell people about Jesus? Hunger comes the more that you move and act. David, David Hogan, he focuses on a part of the, the Great Commission. He focused on the word go. Go. Are you going? Are you moving? Or are you not doing anything? There's a, there's a time and a place where you are waiting on God, but in the place of the waiting on him to speak, are you moving while you're waiting? Maybe God's got you here for a season in this place, in this town. But while you're here, what are you doing until you get to that main place where God wants you to be? Some of you don't know what God's calling you to. Are you asking him? Well, yeah, I asked him. Um, I was on the toilet and um, I was like, Lord, you know, what am I supposed to do? Didn't get an answer, and then I left it at that. Are you spending hours, hours, days, months, whatever it takes, asking the Lord, what's your calling? What am I to do, Lord? It came for me in a place of fasting and prayer. You want more hunger, then you should start fasting. You should start fasting and being in a place of prayer, being in a season where you're like, I want him more than I want food. I want him more than I want social media. I want him more than I want to, to do some of my favorite things. I want to put that on hold for a season so I can get closer to him. What are you doing? A lot of times when I had the most amazing experiences with Jesus, it was in a place to where I was on the floor and my knees were hurting. My back was hurting. I was in excruciating pain sometimes from just being on a hard floor worshiping Jesus. But I stayed in that place because I said, Lord, I'm not moving until you touch me. I'm not moving until you come. I need you in this place, Lord. I'm on the ground and I'm waiting for you. I need you. If I break my bones right now because I'm in so much pain, then so be it. But I need you here with me. I need you to move. If you want to know how real Jesus is, then make the sacrifice. If you want to know how real he is, then run to his feet. If Jesus walked up to your door, would you even know who he is? If Jesus came physically right here, right now, and he was with you on your day-to-day routine, whether it's at work, wherever you are, would he be pleased? Would he say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or would he say, I never knew you? There's a focus that needs to change. The focus needs to be on him. The focus needs to be on his heart. Are you going after his heart? Are you going after the fruit of the spirit? Are you going after hunger? If you're hungry, then you will never stop going after him. If you're hungry, you won't go to church and you won't be in a place to where you start getting tired, 
saying, I just want to go to sleep. If you're hungry, you won't go to church and say, when is this going to end? I need to go to Starbucks and get that frappe. I'm on a time crunch. If you're hungry for Jesus, you'll spend hours and hours a day saying, I don't care about the food. It's okay to be in a place if you're growing and if you're hungry where you're not at that level yet, where you're, you're not just wildly hungry for Jesus. But in that place, be willing to go through the pain because in that pain, that's when you're growing. In the pain of where you're saying, I feel like going to sleep, I feel like going to sleep, push through it. Because the more you do that, the more hunger you'll get, the more you will receive him. And then go down on Matthew 25, and it says, again, the kingdom of heaven is illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. A servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I had earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested the crops, I didn't plant and gather crops, I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. And then you ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the woman with ten bags. To those who use well with what they are given, even more be given, and they will have an abundance. From those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. We have the Holy Spirit. How are you using him? How is he moving in your life? What are you doing? You might, you might be the one person who says, I only have one bag. I don't really have much. What are you doing with it? No matter what you have, there's something that can be done. No matter what you have right now, whether you stay home all day, and that's just who you are, and that's just what you do, what are you doing at home even? To strengthen your relationship. What are you doing when you go to the grocery store? Are you listening to the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit is saying, go pray for that person? Or are you turning the other way and purposely avoiding that person? 
Some people, they want Jesus with everything they have, but they're not willing to give it all. A lot of people will say that I want to be radical. I want to do this. I want to do that. Is your life showing it? Because the people around you are going to know if you're being in the Word of God or not. The people who are hanging around you, they know. If you're a parent and you want your children to be radical for Jesus, you need to be radical for Jesus. You can't just be the one person as a parent and say, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to worship him because then your child's watching and they're going to say, I don't need to either. If you have friends, if you have brothers, sisters who aren't coming to Jesus, then what are you doing to show them who he is? Because your actions are worth way more than your words. What you do, what you walk out is worth way more to the people around you. It's worth everything. C.S. Lewis said this, and it really, it's really, really relevant. And he said, life with God is not immunity from difficulties, but peace in difficulties. Just because you're in a relationship with God, just because you're doing things with him, doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect. It doesn't mean that everything will be just fine. It means if you're walking with them, then in those hard times, you can still have peace. No matter what you're going through. David Hogan, he told this one guy who was about to be a missionary. He looked at him and he said, the only difference between me and you is the scars I have on my hands from burying people. For him personally, that's what it's like on the mission field. There's going to be people that you have to bury. Michaela and Tia know I've had to bury somebody, one person. Friend's mom last year or the year before on the mission field. And I know there's many more to come. It's not always just roses and, and nice. That was a hard moment for me because my uncle just passed away. And it was very hard. But the Lord, he gave me clarity. And he showed that woman that I buried in heaven right beside him. And he was welcoming her. Because everyone in heaven is family. And they know everyone. What are you willing to give? What are you willing to do to receive more of him? What are you, what are you willing to do to, to be like David, a man after his own heart? A lot of people say, I don't have time to spend with Jesus. And yet David was a king. And he was called a man after his own heart. As a king, you have so many responsibilities, so many things to do in your life. Piles and piles of things. If David, among all people, could be called a man after, own, after God's own heart, then what can you do? Because I don't know anyone who is more busy than David. I know no one. It is possible. He is worthy. You can be, if you're at a desk job, you can stand up at your desk and you can say, Jesus is worthy of it all. And you can let everyone look at you and they can mock you. But in that place, they'll mock you the first day. But when you come back the second day and do it, they're going to say, 
this person's serious. They're not just doing this for show. They're not just doing this for looks, but they're serious. Every single day, consistency is what the Lord looks for. He looks for the ones who are going to be consistent in a relationship with him. The ones who are going to day in and day out spend time with him. Consistency produces fruit. Consistency is what changes everything. You can, in athletes, think about an athlete, right? You can be an athlete and you can say, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a track star. I run track. You can say that. And for that one day of practice when the coach is watching, you can run as hard as you can, throw up, pass out, whatever, while the coach is watching. But then for months and months, not train when he's not watching. That's a terrible athlete. If you're a good athlete, every single day you're doing that. Every single day, are you spending time with the Lord? Every single day, are you praying? Every single day, are you asking, Holy Spirit, who do I pray for? Who do I go to? Before Todd White saw his first healing, he had to pray for over a thousand people. Over a thousand. He went to Walmart. He went to grocery stores. And he would pray and pray and pray nothing. And, and within those thousand people, it took like three months for him to see anything. But by faith, he kept going out and doing it and doing it. Yesterday, I, um, I picked up somebody. And this lady, she was blind in my left arm. And I, I, I literally had to help her. She didn't even see my car in front of her. And I, I, I said her name. She said, yeah. I helped her get in the car. And I started talking about what I do. I started talking about Jesus. And she said, yeah. I was raised in church, but it's very religious. It's very strict. And so I don't call myself a Christian. But I do say I, I believe in Jesus. And I said, I understand that. It's hard when you live and you're raised up in law. When you're raised up in something that is going to bring you to spiritual death. It says that in the Bible. Biden, just focusing on the law of God, just doing that, that's going to lead to spiritual death. And I can understand why she was pulled away. Well, we started talking, and I asked her if I could pray for her. And she said, yeah. So I prayed for healing. I told her the story um, of this one guy I prayed for a year and a half ago, two years ago, who was deaf in his left ear. And then he started hearing in it after we prayed to give her encouragement. And I started praying, and I said, God's going to do something. I don't know what he's going to do. Maybe he's going to heal you. Maybe he's going to open your eyes. Maybe he's going to bring clarity to you. I don't know. But he's going to do something. I started praying. Nothing happened. And then I started giving her words of encouragement. I started giving her the words of the Lord. What is the Lord saying over this lady's life? She was wearing glasses um, because of her blindness. And even though in that moment, she was not heal, healed, even though in that moment her eyes didn't become completely healed. I saw tears rolling down, rolling down, rolling down. God touched her. And that's just as powerful. Are you afraid to go up to someone who has a condition? Are you afraid to go up to someone who you know needs prayer because you think, if I pray for this person and 
they don't get healed, then it's going to make me look bad and it's going to make them walk away from God. How do you know? You think that. You assume that. But how do you know? You can pray for this person and then their life can be changed. I don't know what's going to happen to that lady. I know that she got touched by God. She could be healed right now for all I know. Bill Johnson just prayed for people and they weren't healed until a week later. You never know. So what's stopping you from going up to people? What's stopping you from expressing your faith openly? Isaiah 29, 29, 8, a hungry person dreams of eating, but wakes up still hungry. A thirsty person dreams of drinking, but is still faint from thirst when morning comes. If you're hungry, you wake up hungry. If you want Jesus in your life, then you wake up wanting him. Lately, I've been having this prayer after, after watching Reinhardt Bonke's memorial service. He had this dream about Africa. There was a map of Africa, and then it was covered in the blood of Jesus. And God said in the dream, Africa will be saved. And it started with that for him. He's preached to millions and millions and millions of people in his lifetime. And I have a dream too. I have a vision. I have a vision that is is aligned with God's. I have a vision that I, I wake up every morning and every night I say, Lord, I pray to him and I say, I want to see the multitude saved. I want to see thousands of people, millions of people saved. That's what I want to see. And I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to stop going after it until I start seeing it. And even when I start seeing it, I'm going to pray for more. No matter what. What is your vision? I want to see, for me, I want to see the whole Middle East saved. I want to see Muslims running for Jesus. That's mine. The Lord's called me to preach to Muslims. The Lord's called me to preach in war zones. I know this. The Lord's spoken to me clearly. I want to see all of it saved. Not just one, but all of it. Is your expectation with the Lord, is it high or is it low? Is it just to get this good feeling where you're like, oh, that felt good. Now my day's over. Or is it, this felt good. I want more. Randy Clark said this. He, there was one of the, he was to one of the guys at ours. He said, 50% of the time when he's praying for people and they fall on the floor, it's not, it's not real, 50% of the time. But they're not focusing on who's falling down when they're praying for them. They're not focusing on who's shaking and all that stuff. They're focusing on what these people do when they get up. That's what matters. You got touched from the Lord. I'm sure a lot of us have been touched from Jesus. I'm sure a lot of us have experiences from Jesus where he has touched us so powerfully that we're just like, I want more. I want more. What are you doing after he touched you? What are you doing when you get up off the ground? Are you trying to be more like him after you've done that? Because he's placed things in your heart for you to use. Are you using those tools that he's given you? What are those tools that he's given you? 
Are you asking questions to the Lord? Are you asking him, okay, Lord, you called me to preach to the homeless. How am I going to do that? What am I going to do to do that? Where am I going to go? It's really practical, honestly. The Lord's called me to preach in war zones. He's called me to preach to the Muslims. Practically, what are the steps that I need to take to do that? I've been thinking about that for months and months and months, and I've been making a plan with Tia. How am I going to get married? Steps, 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 steps. Look at the practical, right? You can't just all of, all of a sudden, I mean, the Lord has done this, but it's not just like all of a sudden you're just, okay, I'm called to, to preach in China. Poof, you're there. He's done it. But what are the steps you're going to take to get there? If you're called to do these things, what are your steps? Because the more you do it, the more you go, the more you step out, the more God's going to give you and give you and give you and give you and give you. Just like in Matthew 25. Because they used well with what they've given, been given, he's going to give them more. And more and more and more. Reinhard Bonnke has talked to people, 200,000, hundreds of thousands of people at once. But there's been times when he's traveled far and far and far in villages and only talked to five people. Is it about the numbers for you? Is it about the looks for you? Or is it about Jesus? Because it doesn't matter if this place is full or if I'm talking to one person. Jesus, I'm expecting him to move. Because it's about him. It's not about... Anything else. A lot of people on their social media, they'll put God first, then family, then friends, then ministry. But it's really just God. God's in everything. That's how it should be. You're, you're loving your family. You're loving God. That's, that's how you need to see it. You're with your family. You're with God. You're raising a child. You're loving your child. You're pouring love on God. That's how it needs to be. There, there's, there's, there should never be these categories of, okay, I'm going to plan this out. Okay, this is my time for work. This is my time for ministry. And this is my time for God. It should be, okay, God's in my workplace. How, God, how are you going to move in my workplace? Okay, I'm with my, my family. My family, I'm going to... Ministry isn't everything, right? You need to have this faith and know that in everything you do, God is with you. God is moving with you. God is showing up. There should never be these categories that you're placing to where you're doing something at some time of your day and you're saying God's not there. He hasn't showed up because he has showed up in every single routine of your day, no matter how you make your schedule. If you're like, okay, I'm going to wake up and spend time with the Lord, but the rest of the day, not with him. That's not true. The rest of the day, you're with him. It's important to wake up and spend that time with the Lord and to have that quiet time and have the time where it's just you and him. That is important. Jesus did that. He walked away from the crowds. He'd go into the wilderness. He'd go up to the mountain and he'd spend time with the Lord. It is important. But it's also important to know that what you're doing in your day-to-day work, he is with you. He is moving. Do not be afraid to preach his name. Because Jesus has called every single person who wants him to go to the ends of the earth and preach the gospel. We're all meant to be preachers of the gospel. We're all meant to be 
Evangelicals. The, the word evangelism means preacher of the gospel. We're all called to be evangelists. We're all called to be preachers. Will you take up the cross and walk every single day? It's not just once. It's not just when you're saved, I'm going to pick up the cross and walk with him. And then that's it. But it's every single day you wake up, you get out of bed, I'm walking with my cross, and I will go. It's about how bad you want it, really. That's it. I want to I wanna be someone who seeks Jesus more than anyone else around me. That is my goal. I want to seek him more than anyone else because I want him and I want to see him. And I know that I'm not just meant to be here and to not see a lot of fruit of the Lord, but I'm meant to be walking on this earth and seeing fruit being multiplied everywhere I go. Jesus said, if you're my disciple, you will be fruitful. Is your life fruitful or is it not? John 15, 4. Remain, Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. If you want him, then you need to abide in him. You need to follow him. You need to listen to what he's telling you to do. You need to obey his words. It's kind of like... Um, I heard this story um, by one of my friends. He was saying that think of it like a relationship. And think of it as, okay, your, your spouse, they say, okay, I want chocolates. Done. You get chocolates. I want to go to the movie. Okay, we're going to go to the movie. I want flowers. Okay, you get flowers. I want to go on a walk. Okay, let's go on a walk. But what are you doing when your spouse doesn't tell you to do anything? Are you just not doing anything? Are you just saying, I don't know if he or she wants chocolates because I hasn't asked for them. I don't know if he or she wants my love because he or she hasn't asked for it. Should you have to always be like, okay, God, am I to do this? Should I pick up this pen and start writing? Should I, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I do this? The more you know him, the, the more you're going to understand his character and be like, okay, this is in the character of God. I'm going to do this because I know that he likes this. I know that this is pleasing to the Lord. I know that if I go and pray for someone, I know if I go and tell someone about Jesus, it's going to be pleasing to the Lord because that's his character. That's what he likes. I know that if I spend time with him, that if I worship him, if I be in a place to where, Jesus, I love you, and I'm telling everyone around, he will be pleased with that. There shouldn't be a place in your life where you're scared to do anything because you don't know if it's right or wrong. Will Hart, he, he said that he loves making mistakes. He loves falling down because he's just gonna keep, he said he's just going to keep going and walking and walking. And if he goes in the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit's just going to say, no, go this way. If you turn right and you're supposed to turn left, okay, the Holy Spirit is going to say turn left. But are you moving to even get to that place? If you're afraid to go to the intersection because you don't know which way to go, have you even walked up to the intersection to see what the Lord says? It takes walking out and stepping towards Him, moving in a way to where you know that when you keep going, 
I might make a mistake, but I know the Lord is going to direct me and move me. Don't be afraid to make those mistakes, to step out, to have faith, and to be bold. If you want to be more bold, then you need to put yourself in situations where you're uncomfortable and you don't feel good, but you just put yourself out there and you say, I want to be bold. Okay, I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to do my best. And in this uncomfort, God is going to release more boldness on me. He's not just going to say, okay, you're bold. It's done. Now go do something. No. You need to step out. You want to be bold? Step out. You want to be somebody who knows the Word of God better? Read the Word of God. You want to be someone who hears God more? Then you pray to Him and you speak to Him. And you need to be willing to walk and to make a mistake so that you hear His word. Say, no, go the other way. Because the more you walk, the more you're going to hear Him. The more you step forward, the more that you're going to see Him right there, right beside you. And you're going to feel His presence. And it's more and more and more He's going to give to you, the more that you give to Him. But if you're saying, I'm going to keep everything I have, and I'm not going to give anything to Him because I want to be safe. You know, a lot of people like a savings account. I need a savings account because I need a safe area to where if something goes wrong, then I'm safe, I'm protected, and nothing will happen to me. Are you willing to give your savings account up for him to literally, like in your life, give up everything for him so that he can move in your life? It takes things like that. It takes incredible faith. It takes incredible perseverance. It takes a place to where you do not care what anyone else thinks, where you don't care if people look at you in a certain way, where they think about you in a certain way, where they say this person is this, this person's that, where you're in a place to where you're saying, I'm going to do everything I can to get to him because I need more of him. And if you want more of him, then step into more of him. Keep walking to more of him. He's already here. He's already moving. Why aren't you moving with him? If he's moving always, if he's moving always, and you want him to move, then move with him. Yield to the Holy Spirit. It's a flowing river and it doesn't stop. A lot of times we'll step in the river and stand, but really you need to float down it and move. So abide, abide, abide. Go after him. Be hungry. You want hunger. And go towards it. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to step out. Two weeks before Will Hart showed up to where we were at the school, he got kicked out of a church. Sometimes that happens. Because if, you, if Jesus is telling you to preach the truth of the gospel, sometimes people don't want to hear it. But it's biblical. Everything I've said, is, it's biblical. Like it's in the Bible. You don't agree with it? Okay, take it up with him. Because if something today is bothering you, then it's a heart issue. If something today is, is messing with you, and you're like, I don't know if I like that, then take it up with him, because that's an issue in your heart. Jesus is looking at all of our hearts. He can see it just clearly. doesn't matter how much you hide. doesn't matter how much you don't speak to people or you avoid. He's seeing your heart for what it is. And he knows exactly your intentions. 
So why don't you not just stop worrying about what other people think? Open up your heart. Be an open book. And let him come in and transform you. And the more you just sit there in a place and you're like, Lord, I'm tired of pretending like everything's okay. I'm tired of being in a place where I'm pretending like it's going to be worked out, where I can handle this. I'm tired of being in a place to where I'm acting like I have it all together. I'm acting like I know it all because nobody in this room knows it all. Only he knows it all. And be vulnerable and say, Lord, here I am. I want you, God, move. Or are you going to be the person to where when you die, you see Jesus, and then you, you got to say, oh, my gosh, that's Jesus. You go run up to him. And then he says, get away from me because I never knew you. Are you going to be that person? Because that's a serious place to be. His kingdom is nothing like this earth. Nothing like it. The last will be first. The first will be last. Those who hunger and thirst for justice will be blessed. This kingdom of earth will fall down. It is nothing that you have is going to be, you're not going to bring anything up with you to heaven. Nothing. Not one single thing. Heaven is completely different. So are you seeking the kingdom above all else? Are you seeking seeking his culture, kingdom culture? Are you seeking who he is and putting everything above, putting him above yourself, putting him above your thoughts, your ideas, what you think is right? And you're saying, Jesus, this is no longer about me. This is no longer about my thoughts. It's no longer about my opinions. It's about what you think. It's about what you know. Because you might think you're the smartest person in the room. But Jesus is always the smartest. Because he's in every room, no matter what. He knows more than anyone. He has wisdom that goes beyond anything we can ever imagine. You think you know it all, but you don't. I don't. Hi Baker doesn't. Roland doesn't. Roland's pretty smart, but he doesn't. And if you talk to him, they'll say it's not about me, it's about him. So I want everyone to stand up. If you feel like this is you, if you feel like I want more hunger, I want this fire inside me to come alive. I want to see you more, Jesus. Then I just want you to make your way forward and just come up here and to just step out of this area where you're uncomfortable and to step in. You want more boldness. This is your chance. You want more hunger. This is your chance. The choice is yours. You got two feet. You can walk forward if you want. But if not, then stay where you are. And I'm going to start praying. And I, I just ask for worship team to come up. And if you want prayer, then go to them. But if you want, if you don't want prayer, then just be in a place and just ask them to come.
and say, Jesus, I want you. Jesus, I need you. So Jesus, I just, I thank you for everyone in this room. I pray, Lord, for people to be filled with your presence, God. And that boldness can come to every person in this room right now. And that you can help them to step out in faith. I pray, Lord, that everyone in this room to be filled with your goodness, to be filled with your joy, to be filled with your love. I pray that hearts can be transformed right now and that people can step out of their comfort zone so that they can be where you are. I pray for all eyes to be open, all ears to be open, to see and to hear what you're doing right now and for everyone to know that you are moving with them. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. Let your presence come heavy on everyone right now. And let there be a yielding to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come upon everyone in this room. Come mightily, Lord. Let let your presence move people's hearts. Let your presence transform and change. Let healing come across this room. Let people receive visions and words that they've never received before. Give them new hope. Give them breakthrough right now. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read this scripture in Psalm 42. Um, As Rocky spoke on um, hunger, David expresses it so well. In uh, Psalm 42, verse 1, he says, I long to drink of you, O God, drinking deeply from the streams of pleasure flowing from your presence. My longings overwhelm me for more of you. My soul thirsts, it pants, and longs for the living God. I want to come and see the face of God. I want more of God. Lord, we thank you that, that Father, the one that was seen as a man after your own heart, it wasn't something that you just gave him. It's something that he went after. And he became that person as a man after your heart. Lord, as he pursued you, as he went after you, as he wanted to see your face. And so, Lord, I pray that this day, Lord, there would be action in our lives that would press into the more of you and we would see our hunger and our desire grow. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for the hunger that you're releasing in this house for more of Jesus that we might fall in love with him more, thirst for him more, want more of him, and have him have more of us. So, Lord, we just surrender all this day, and I pray that you'd start a flame in our hearts, Lord, as we pant after you, O God, and long for you more than anything else. And, Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that.